And right now, a gentleman I've been uh, anxious to have on this program, um, you've, you've heard his music for, for years, especially if you're, well, if you were a child or have ever been a child, I think you know his, from his kids' music, but he has done so much more. He has a wonderful CD out called Troubadour, which we've been playing on this show for the last few months. If you've ever been uh, at Godfrey Daniels in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, you probably saw his face there. I think he does just about everything uh, <laughs> at that club. I'm getting really good at coffee oh. nowadays. Oh. You know, I, can, I can make the coffee <laughs> as good as anybody. Uh, well, Dave Fry is with us today. David, good to be with you, Ron. This oh, is cool. It's, cool. It's so good to have you here. And you, you are such a busy man. I mean, you, you just did a radio show in Pennsylvania before coming That's here. That's right. You know, it's foot to the floor getting here. And, um <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you know, we we uh, we we share a lot of stuff. You know, yeah. we're both in, involved with uh, producing live uh, folk music, and we do radio to keep it alive on the air. Yeah. And um, uh, and we, I'm sure, we're mentoring quite a few people too. And we're trying, and, and that's important. It is, and we're going to talk to you about all of that because oh, uh, well, we're going to try to squeeze as much of it as we can in the next hour. But uh, I wonder, you've got your guitar here. Would you would you mind starting us off with a song? Yeah, I'll do one. This one, I uh, <clears throat> it's a folk way of life tune called "Don't Call Me Early in the Morning." Parentheses, especially on daylight savings time. I haven't. Haven't screwed it up yet, so I'm pretty good. Here we go. A man is a man. He needs his relaxation from rising so early at the dawn. But the fact of the matter is tomorrow is a Monday, so I'll be rolling along. Sad the lad, he can't be contented, he has it all, but must have more. Oh, he fills himself with pills to retire worth a million, then falls asleep when he is 64. Don't call me early in the morning, call me what you want to, but leave me alone. Don't call me early in the morning. Believe me to the cows are coming home Fair is fair And I've had me share But me nerves are getting on me nerves If you don't have a pillow With a white swan feather The corner will do to rest me head Don't call me early in the morning Call me what you want to, but leave me alone. Don't call me early in the morning. Leave me to the cows are coming home. a gentle warning for tomorrow morning no loud noises banging on me door cars with no exhausts chickens with a whooping cough and milkmen whistling on a tune don't call me early in the morning call me what you want to but leave me alone and don't call me early in the morning 
leave me till the cows are coming home. I'll leave me till the cows are coming home. Dave Fry, live in our studio. Oh, great song. So, so I, I guess it's safe to say you're not a morning guy, huh? Oh, I actually am a morning guy. <laughs> okay. Because usually when I play schools, I'm yeah. up and out and somewhere on the Jersey Turnpike at, you know, wow. seven or eight. You, you, know. you, you lead such a, a, an amazing life with music. Um, I mean, you started out, you're from New York State originally, right? Yeah, I was upstate New York in, in Albany. In fact, you know, uh, I went to Lehigh early on, but I always went home during the summers and, and got to go to uh, Cafe Lena. Mm-hmm. And that's where I first was turned on to um, to live folk music. A friend of mine said, "Hey, you got to come with me. We're going to see folk music." And uh, so we he carted me off up to uh, Cafe Lena, and that's where the bug yeah. bit me. You know. Well, you, you, that bug has taken to so many places. Godfrey Daniels. I mean, you were one of the founders of that, correct? Yes. Yeah. That that no, that was that. That's been around for, for ages. Uh, it's coming up on 43, 40? 44 years. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was I was going to Lehigh. I ma- majored. I was an arts engineer, and so I got a mechanical engineering degree, and then with extra credits, put that towards a philosophy degree. And so that's stuff I use every day. <laughs> yeah. But it was on campus during the great folk scare of the... Uh, late 60s, early 70s, that folk music caught on. And there were great concerts coming on campus where I got to see uh, people like Paul Jeremiah and Elizabeth Cotton and Pete Seeger came on and uh, Red Clay Ramblers, Odetta. Uh, all these great people came on to campus while I was going there. And I got involved with the college coffee house, played in bands, jug bands, uh, you know, bluegrass bands and stuff like that. And then I felt a real need to be able to go into a concert hall that that wasn't a bar, mm. a club that wasn't a bar, where you could really sit down and absorb what the people had to say, but also to be a performer and ha- and play for a listening audience. Sure. And it's still rare, as you know. Very rare. You know. Very hard to keep it going, too. But yeah. you've managed to do it with Godfrey Daniels. And well, a lot of people have helped out. Yeah. And, you know, there's always a, a core of volunteers and audience. Yes. That, <laughs> that value it. That's so important. I think a lot of our listeners will probably know you from your children's music. Um, that, how did that aspect of your career develop? Well, it was during the 80s during the great disco scare when <laughs> p- people were n- not hiring solo musicians in bars as much. But uh, some good friends were starting up a theater company in town called Touchstone Theater, and they needed a musician to be part of the, the crew. So they, and I had some um, theater um, aspirations back in high school, and so I was ready. And uh, so they signed me up uh, to do street theater, we would we would during the spring we would create a program, a show, go out in street theater, street theater during the summer, and then take it into schools. 
the rest of the year. So that introduced me to the concept of playing in schools, and that changed my life. Yeah. And that's something you're still doing to this day. As you're oh. talking about before the, the turnpike. I mean, it, it's so important for 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 children to be exposed to music. Uh, I know, I, I can't carry a tune in a, in a bag, you know. But I I have this love for this music, and I and it all became because of my growing up in, the, in a school where they cared about it at the time. There were teachers that were teaching us some of these folk songs that I I now know as folk songs. At the time, it was just fun music to sing. Uh, but I think what you're doing now is, is you know, especially with the arts and, and funding being so difficult these days. Yeah, and also in 2008 when the, the economy collapsed, uh, it never got back to what it was as far as funding for assemblies mm. and stuff. So it's not what it was. But I also put together in, in 1990 a, a band doing the history of rock and roll mm-hmm. called Rock Roots, and I've played every... Uh, multi-purpose <laughs> room <laughs> right. in New Jersey, uh, thanks to uh, young audiences in New Jersey. So it's a four-piece band, and we we talk about um, the history of rock and roll, and a lot of it is roots, which concerns. You know, we start off with uh, African rhythms and Irish dance tunes, uh, Delta blues, swing, country music, rhythm and blues. So that's the roots part. And uh, so it's that really helps describe the folk nature of the show. Mm-hmm. It's it's all different influences, sure. but uh, it's a four piece band. So we have drums, bass, electric guitar. I play mandolin and acoustic. And by the end of the show, we got everybody up dancing. Uh-huh. Well, that's nice. And the kids, I guess. It's new to them. I mean, the music has changed so much what they hear on the radio and what they hear in their homes. So I guess this exposure to, to, the, uh, to the the roots of it is uh, is an eye-opener. Yes, but it's also with the the Internet, they now can go pull out muddy waters. True. Uh, so there's there's the ability for them to dig deeper. And, you know, we send out a syllabus and stuff. And, and uh, one thing I love is uh, we invite the music teacher to come up. We say, we're during the uh, New Orleans uh, section, we talk about improvisation and Louis Armstrong. And when possible, we we, uh, ask the music teacher to come up and improvise. Uh And Mrs. Schwartz comes up (laughs) and you know, play saxophone, and those kids just don't have a chance, man. This, where, whoa, you know, so, and, and the teachers dig it, too. Sure. Because all of a sudden, the music teacher is doing what they do. Yeah. And not just in the music room. So that's that's treat. There's all these elements that, that are spontaneous that are kind of built into the show. When we do the Irish fiddle tunes on mandolin, uh, we often say, you know, do we have any anybody out there taking step dancing and then this cute little (laughs) red-haired girl comes up and kicks her feet way up to the ceiling and once again we're five minutes into the show the school owns it right you know everybody is just in awe of the talent that is in the show it's in in the school itself so and that's that's the thing I love is that the spontaneity of folk music still applies when we're doing a show. Right. 
right. when I'm doing a solo show, I'm always open to the, the possibilities. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and your music, and as I said before, I think a lot of people will, will recognize you from your, your, your children's music, but obviously you've done more than that in your career. I mean, this new album, Troubadour, is a, is a testament to, to what, you, what you do. Yeah, I got, you know, I'm, you know being a, as, as you are with a folk programmer, you get bored with, you know, just one style. Mm -hmm. um, and I played, you know, I started off in a jug band, played in a bluegrass band, played in a Celtic rock band, a really good Texas swing band. Uh, I played rock and roll. Um, you know, so, and I just enjoy the diversity. And uh, so that was the challenge of doing this album is, is to do some Celtic stuff, some folk, uh, some blues, uh, do, and also do the songs of a lot of people I really respect, mm -hmm. like, excuse me, uh, Pete Seeger and sure. David Mallett, John Gorka, Stan Rogers. Uh, that last one was a, a Tommy Sands tune. So there are all these people that are in our sphere because we present them, we play their music, uh, and and we can pull out the good stuff, you know. <laughs> and that's what this this album's all about. Uh, how about we play a cut from it? Oh, uh, cool. There, there's a song that you uh, well, and so many you're mentioning, you know, like the Tommy Sands song that you did live just now is a is a cut that kicks off the album. But the second cut is a, is a David Mallet song. Oh, it's a nasty little yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah. Why did why, what what brought you to choose this one? Well, I saw him play it, and it's it's it really describes. Um, the situation we're in now politically, but but phrases it in kind of a in a folk way, mm -hmm. uh, kind of and and I, I had a great compliment from David. I put it on the album, and, and I really tried to uh, imbue it with with um, some nastiness, you know. <laughs> Uh, at least vocally, and it worked really well. And, and David thought it that it really kicked a. <laughs> and and coming from a from David Mallet, that's that's the ultimate compliment, you know. Ten men in black hats get together one night. Time to get the whole damn thing while the getting's right. Ten men in the black hats in a shack on the edge of town. You might think I'm crazy, that's where the deal went down. Ten men with big hands eyes full of blood. That steel to make that deal in the drizzle and the mud. The air smelled like kerosene, there was a shotgun standing by. The only light in the whole damn room was the gleam of ten men's eyes. Ten men in the black hats on a cold, cold night. Ten black cars sit idling in the glow of red tail light. Ten men with black hearts cutting up the spoils. The wind howled in the tall trees and the pot began to
gold. One said, I don't want nothing. Don't never want to grow old. One man got the water. He said they need it everywhere. One said, I get the messages people send out in the air. They divvied up the green grass. They divvied up the soil. One man got the iron ore. The other got the oil. One said, I get the people. They'll all work for me. Another brother said I get the fishes in the sea That's Dave Fry from his uh, marvelous new album, Troubadour, and a song that was written by David Mallet. You know, I was telling you off mic before, when I first heard this album, I wasn't looking at the liner notes, and I said, wow, that's a, that sounds like a Tom Waits song, because you got that edge to it, and realizing it's David Mallet. And, and listening to all of these songs on here, I mean, you do some John Gorka, you do Stan Rogers, but... It doesn't strike me as the way that they would do it, which is terrific, because... I mean, folk music, after all, I always feel is a living tradition, and you really inv- in, in put your own spirit into these songs. Well, that's how I pick songs, is, is if they speak to me. You know, and, and that comes from way back when, doing, d- pulling stuff off of, uh, you know, country hillbilly tunes. You know, if it had an edge of humor to it, if it, it spoke like folk music does to a, a situation that, that affects me or affects the economy... Or, or a love song that, that struck me. Uh, it's got to make some kind of connection. And then I can theatrically feed off of that connection and mm-hmm. make it part of me. And, and I love interpreting other people's songs. Yeah, that, That's almost a lost art, I find. It is. You know, and and I've, I, I have trouble with it. Yeah. Because it's a singer-songwriter's world. Yeah. And... One guy who I really respect is Michael Cooney, who did that 
for years just pulling up these gems one mm-hmm. after another after another and I, I just sit there at the philly folk festival and i go wow that's a great song you know and that's a 400 year old song and he and he made it come alive right. and uh and here's a song that you know he pulled from somebody a current songwriter um and i respect that i really do i think it was utah phillips <laughs> once said uh at one of these folk conferences, is you know, um, include a folk song in every set that you do, because in twenty years nobody's going to want to hear about your cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, if you remember the Fast Folk albums. Oh yeah, right. Well, when they started doing shows at the Bottom Line, they made it a, a rule that the artists would have to do a song of theirs and a song of somebody else's. Now, of oh, course, they were all nice. singer songwriters, but yet it still helps show what what the songs were and hearing somebody else interpret a song and make it their own i think that's what you know really is at the heart of folk music yeah and it's all there's an edge to it yeah that comes across uh to an audience is that 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 singer songwriter is taking a chance yep yep Definitely. with something that's a little uncomfortable and out of his or her sphere and right. I, I appreciate that sure well, I appreciate you being here today. Dave Fry is with us uh, in, the, in our studios. And again, the new album is Troubadour. And uh, Dave has his guitar, and I'm going to ask for another song. All right. Well, this one actually is often on two albums. It's on one of my kids' albums, uh, Playground. But it's such a great song that it deserves to be on the adult album. And uh, this is called Giant. Or Giants. Excuse me, there's two giant songs on my CD. Let me uh, tune up here. Good enough. All right. All right. In fact, I sang this at a library yesterday. The giants are coming, man. You better run. They're big, mean, and ugly. And they hate having fun. Those big guys love the darkness, and they despise the light. They'll stomp away your happiness, leave you screaming in the night Because they're big, they're bad, and they're giants <laughs> They're big, they're bad, and they're giants <laughs> They got bloodshot eyes falling out of their knobby little heads Their teeth are green and ugly, and their breath will knock you dead Houses are leveled by their old stinky boots. Trees knocked down and twisted and uplifted by the roots because they're big, they're bad, and they're giants. They're big, they're bad, and they're giants. Here comes the band. I can hear them a hundred miles away I feel the earth tremble, I hear the dogs bay When the giants are upon you, how dark is the night You'll sweat like a worm You'll scream with fright because they're big They're bad And they're giants (laughs) They're big 
they are bad And they're giants Well, when you're certain they're gonna get you, man I know how that feels But I'm here today on the radio To tell you they're not real Cause I've never seen one And I know that I'm right I'll tell you this right now But maybe not tonight Because they're big They're bad And they're giants They're big They're bad And they're giants That's a great one. Dave Fry, live in our studio, Giants. And that was uh, written by Kit Aldrich? Yeah, it's a friend of mine from Connecticut. I uh-huh. lived in Connecticut for 10 years, and uh, and I still, he, he's a great songwriter. He, he's do one, he does one that I stole from him um, called Santa Assassin that I play during the Christmas season about somebody who goes around puncturing inflatable Santa Clauses. <laughs> and it's achieved a cult status <laughs> around Christmas time. I'll too. have to remember that next next Christmas to, <laughs> <laughs> to play. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as I you, you mentioned that you've recorded this on two different albums, one of the, one of the children's albums and now on, on the new adult album, Troubadours. Um, and and I, it struck me as, as you're singing that, that, that it's the theatrics that you, you mentioned before, but it, it connects. And I think that's one of the great things with children's music. It doesn't connect just to kids. It connects no. to the adults as well. Um. Yeah, having done, I did a showcase yesterday down near Philly, and I really actually am one of the few children's performers who treats the kids as adults. Mm -hmm. I play straight with them, and I talk to them straight, and I don't use uh, funny little voices or, you know, uh, and and that is something that I think is real important is to deal, put the music out for them as kids to... uh, absorb as you know i'm being straight with them they'll be straight with me sure i've i've done a lot of stuff with uh preschool stuff and that that really set me back in that you know i went in with all this pretension of doing these kids songs they they wanted nothing to do with it you know so i went out and i bought a bag of instruments and scarves and puppets and, you know, when I do a preschool, I just dump that out and we play. Because kids aren't always in tune with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Some learn by moving. Some learn by being out in nature. Some learn by math. You know, there's so many ways. And it's called multiple intelligences. And so through my studies as a teaching artist, that's what I am, you know, uh, I've taken a lot of work on what makes kids tick and what makes them learn and it really turned me around on how I deliver the music and uh, how I get them involved and it's great it it's as big a performance challenge as I've ever had sure and every set is a lab is, is is a laboratory I have to pick and choose and be spontaneous and work out what they're doing and add it to the show, mm-hmm. guide them along. 
um, it's a dance. Sure. You, you mentioned teaching artists, which I think is something we, we ought to talk a little bit more about because that, I think, really separates you from just the performers. Um, you know, I, I've seen some kids' shows. I mean, I had two kids who are now in their, their adulthood, but I remember watching some stuff and thinking, wow, this person really <laughs> needs to understand what they're doing, not just pick up a paycheck. But a teaching artist is somebody that does what you were just describing. It's a real thing. Yeah. When I moved to Connecticut uh, around 2000, um, I applied for the um, to be a performing artist on their on their um, you know council on the arts, and they said no, we're going to make you a teaching artist. And I was really disappointed. I said no, I want to be a performing artist. But thanks to that, I got to take all this you know seminar stuff, deep thought about this and what what makes uh, a perf- a teaching artist special. Because they're in tune with how kids learn. Right. And we know how to apply it. And we can also now teach the teachers. Sure. To trust their creative selves. Um, And actually, you know, um, I started a teaching artist uh, group in the Lehigh Valley. And we meet every two months. And we play. Uh So, you know, whether it's a teaching artist that that does theater, puppets, uh, poetry whatever we can learn from each other and recently uh there's now a thing called teaching artists of the mid-atlantic which i'm now on the board so we take this very seriously and is now being recognized and backed up by science of the effect that uh the arts has mm-hmm. on the development of kids since, since you've been doing this for a while ha- have you seen progress from the kids i mean have you have you ever gone back or they come back to you say hey dave i saw you 10 years ago here's what i'm doing all the time yeah Yeah. i yeah i had a an elementary school music teacher came up to me and and said oh i remember when i was this this tall you know know? um because in a way i might have been the first person they ever saw perform on a one-to-one level not on television not in a movie Right. Not on the radio. And if they can get a sense of the joy and spontaneity that comes out of my performances, they know what's available to them. Mm-hmm. And now there's all these, uh, you know, charter arts schools that have, um, you know, performance. And that's great. And I'm sure those kids are going to be doing it for um, the next generation. Sure. We, we, you mentioned, uh, I, th- I thought you mentioned, <laughs> NERFA, the Northeast Regional Folk Alliance Conference, which right. where I think you and I first officially met. Right. Uh, and I, I see so many artists there that are just there to perform for adults, perform for, you know, paying gigs. But there is a core group of people like you that I'm seeing that are doing more and more children's performances. Uh, but I don't know if they're taking it the step that you've done uh, and others are doing to make them teaching artists are, are you seeing a, a, it growing at all or or changing or is it coming well i think once uh uh you know singer songwriter or a folk performer gets on stage to do a kid's show they realize it's harder than they think because mm-hmm. there's a lot a lot of the science that goes into what i do um but it, the thing that strikes me it's a way to make a living yeah, they, I mean, you can play three or four times a week in in front of you know 
30 to 400 kids where you can work on your craft and get paid a whole lot better right. than playing in a bar. Oh, sure. And, and that's the cool thing about Rock Roots is the four guys in the band, we're making really good money. We're playing in front of 400 people, and people are up dancing. And, and what else can you ask for <laughs> as a performing musician? Have you also done, like, residencies in schools? Yeah, I've done yeah. songwriting residencies. Yeah. They're not as much anymore because the residency funding has been cut drastically. But a bunch of my the material on my CDs are uh, tunes written by myself and the kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm real good at channeling their ideas into the poetry that comes up as a as a song. I'm better at that than writing my own songs. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at, at getting their stuff and their ideas and then giving it back to them where they sure. take ownership. That's got to be that's got to be real rewarding to see that. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, Dave Fry is with us today. I'm I'm Ron Alesco and you're listening to Traditions on WFUFM and also bluesandrootsradio.com. Um, Dave's got a new album out called Troubadour, which we're going to hear another cut in a little while. Uh, but Dave, I wonder would you share another live song with us? Sure. Uh, let's see here. I am lucky in that I share a lot of history with my friend John Gorka, because he grew up artistically on Godfrey's stage, and he goes out and performs worldwide. And every night he talks about me and Scrapple in the same sentence. I'm trying to get a restraining order on that. <laughs> what does Scrapple think? <laughs> Oh, I'd actually do a Scrabble song, but anyway, um, uh, we were both uh, moved when Stan Rogers came through town uh, back during the late night, late 70s, early 80s, and um, John wrote this song called How Legends Are Made, and it reflects not only on John and on experiencing the power of somebody like Stan Rogers, but uh, also on what happens in folk clubs like the Hurdy Gurdy and uh, Godfrey Daniels. So I'm going to play that song. Here we go. I worked at a place where the bands came through Some of them ran false and some rang true I'd stick around after they played See how legends are made There are a few who stand out in my mind Some of them still roll Some lost to the grind And now you ask Of the special ones And where the legends have gone 
There was a man from north of here He could raise his voice and he could raise a beer And when he left, the music stayed That's how legends are made So long it was nice meeting you But how do you get back to Route 22 from here His band was a bass man brother on lead There was no more Cause there was no need The gold they shared Was more than any band was paid And that's how legends are made They came in high And they came in low Worn by the road or fresh from home Hard work and magic, some tragic end And so a legend begins So long it was nice meeting you But how do you get back? To Route 22 from here. I worked at a place where the bands came through. Some of them ran false and some rang true. I'd stick around after they played. See how legends are made Dave Fry live in our studios with a, a, ver, a version of, of John Gorka's classic, How Legends Are Made. You know, I, I know John tells a story. He's, he's been a guest on the show as well. He, was t- he tells a story about I think, as he said it, making a pest of himself, <laughs> trailing Stan Rogers around and Godfrey Daniels right. asking questions. And Stan did not suffer fools. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, as, as I hear that and, and, and realize, as you said before, what John has become, you know, tra- you know traveling the world now and, and playing his music, and, and your involvement with Godfrey's and all these wonderful people that come through, you're doing a, a new series there called Dave's Night Out. Well, now, what's that about? Well, um, it's... A, it's actually kind of a unique evening it's called dave's night out and i usually invite one or two folks to come up and for from seven to nine we sit and talk about what we do how we do it play some music share music and then uh invite questions from the audience mm-hmm. uh and it's pretty intoxicating uh just last week i had eric franzen from uh the village out and uh, not only did we get to, uh, you know, talk about what he does as a as a village musician and uh, actor, 
Uh, but we got to sit and play and share some stuff. And the stuff that comes up from the audience is great because mm-hmm. that's the stuff that we never ask each other. And Pete Kennedy's doing one end of this month. I've done, uh, and it usually has a theme. I did uh, Raleigh Brown and um, Wendy Bourne from uh, Girls from Mars. We did Sing and Swing. And we've done banjo. One On one hand was a frailing banjo player. The other guy was a bluegrass banjo player. So I try to uh, mix and match people that, that spur uh, intelligent conversation. Yeah, and it, it's it, really unique. It's it really is. nice, and it, it, it's in, it, inspiring community, which I think is what this music is all about, and what yes. Godfrey Daniels is all about. I mean, that has been a, a he said forty three years. I mean, that has really become a focal point for for people to discover artists, to see their favorites, and to participate in things <laughs> yeah, like this. <laughs> excuse me, John ha- John Hartford would come in, mm-hmm. you know, pull up his big old bus out yeah. front that. Uh, uh, you know that uh, he he got paid for by being a big star when, <laughs> on Glenn Campbell's but he would sit out at the counter and he'd sit and we'd talk you know and that's the beauty of the folk circuit is these people are just people yeah and um, I think in an intimate uh, arena like Godfrey's and Hardy Gertie and uh, um, you know the minstrel show that's where it happens. And the audience, or excuse me, the performer realizes it mm-hmm. and and enjoys it sure. tremendously because it is a rare situation. Sure. Well, D- Dave Fry is with us today. And uh, Dave, you, you've got this marvelous album out, Troubadour, uh, an adult album. So uh, this is sort of a departure for you uh, in, in some respects. Um, tell us about how this album came to be and, and, and some of the great people that you got working on it with you. Um, I wanted to do it locally. Those are all Lehigh Valley musicians, mm-hmm. of many of whom have I've played with before. Um, but I also wanted to build an album, <clears throat> excuse me, that was sonically rich. It's different than a lot of other folk albums where you know everything is pointillistic. You can hear the dobro and you can hear the acoustic guitar and and a vocal and stuff like that. But I really wanted to create kind of a wall of sound, mm-hmm. and um, and so we started off just be doing scratch tracks, guitar and vocal, and then my friend Kevin Safera, who plays drums on that and produces it, added uh, drums, and we got a fine uh, bass player, Chell Benner, who just nailed stuff, and then we started building on it from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking people to come in and do various parts. Um, and and we did a show in Bethlehem a month ago where we recreated uh, the songs, and a lot of the musicians had never met each other. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> which, which is one of the, the mystiques about doing an album. Is, oh, wow, you must have had a great time. No, I've never met you before. And, uh, and it... And, and, that created a whole nother electricity about the evening that was neat. Everybody had their antennas up. Sure. Because they were playing together. Uh, and so it's something that we're going to do again uh, in, in the Lehigh Valley. Well, we, uh, we look forward but, to... But I also wanted to do a diversity of songs. Mm-hmm. And we took pains to make sure that everything is not the same strumma strumma. Sure. Beat. 
<laughs> and it's a real successful album. I, I was taken aback by it at first when I said, wow, this isn't the Dave Fry I know, just him and his guitar. This is like really full blown, but it's something I think we, we all needed, especially at this it time. It ages well because yeah. the more you listen to it, the more you pick up on all these other musicians the piano player, right. the fiddle player, the, the bass player, the drums. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of delicious stuff that comes out of the ether. And that was kind of the process. Sure. Well, Dave, I want to thank you so much for coming oh, thanks, by Ron. today. Yeah, and uh, yeah. our, if our audience wants to find out more about you, what, what, what is your website? DaveFryMusic.com. That's pretty simple. And and they can also catch you on the radio, too, at WYIP? WDIY in Bethlehem. I do an archive show about Godfrey's every Tuesday. It's a great show. I've heard that. It's really neat where we have some great archives and get to hear people like John Hartford and and uh you know stan rogers when they were at the club uh and then i do a sunday show that's more general folk where i get to stretch and uh play borderline folk music (laughs) (laughs) well we're gonna hear another one of your borderline folk songs (laughs) one that was written by mr pete seeger himself uh false from true not not a song that i think everybody recognizes at first no do you want to do that one do you want to do uh lessons from pete Oh, Lessons from Pete. I'm sorry. That's the one we were talking yeah, about. That's yes, the one. yes. Oh, the, the one, oh. The, the blues one by Pete is great. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for uh, another let's time. Let's do the one I wrote. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll play this one and uh, and then say our goodbyes. Dave, I, I want to thank you so much for Sympatico. being here. Sympatico. I mean, we were, you know, the only thing that divides us is the Delaware River, you know? Well, that and I can't sing for. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Uh, and then, then, then we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Fry, thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Ronnie. I really appreciate it. Sing-alongs, goof 
scatter perspiration. It's the work of a troubadour, nothing more, spreading music from town to town. But I got a lot of folks in my gig bag to keep my feet on solid ground. Lessons from Pete, a song that Dave wrote and appears on his album Troubadour. It's a wonderful CD, and you can find out more by, by going to Dave's web, website, davefrymusic.com. And I want to thank him again for, for coming by and sharing such great music. You can probably also uh, see him over at Godfrey Daniels and uh, probably a, a school or a municipal center somewhere near you, Dave Fry. Well, I'm Ron Alesco, and you're listening to Traditions on WFDUFM and BluesAndRootsRadio.com.